John, John the Baptist, he was the star. St. Mark, right at the very beginning, chapter 1. He talks about the good news about Jesus the Messiah. He quotes from Isaiah, look I am sending my messenger. And it turns out that this messenger was John the Baptist. In the wilderness, preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. And then, the, and then he tells us, all of Judea, all of Judea, and all of Jerusalem went to the Jordan to be baptized by John. That, my friends, is a heck of a lot of people. All of Judea, all of Jerusalem had heard about this man and his message, and they went to be baptized to repent of their sins. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair. He wore a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. And here is this man, this star, his personality. And yet even he, with all the attention that he was getting from the religious circles of the day, could say, yeah, it's not about me. Because there is one who is coming after me, who is greater than I am, and whose sandals I am not even worthy to untie. He is coming. I can baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, water baptism is a very beautiful thing. It's, it's a ritual. We need ritual. In the church, we need ritual as people, whether in the church or not. Um, so it's, it's, a very, it, it, it's a very beautiful ceremony. And, and um, I'm sure that there may be some even here, whether we're Salvationist or not, in this congregation today, who have undergone immersion in baptism. But water baptism was not essential to be saved. I think we've got a couple of um, verses from Romans. Uh, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, that's the key thing, are children of God. And then there's another verse, I think, Thank you. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. That's when you received the spirit. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirits to affirm that we are God's children. And you know that there are other times in the Gospels where Jesus heals somebody or somebody comes to him with, with, with an issue and he says to them, go, your faith has made you well. Go, your faith has saved you. And there was the, there was the, the prisoner on the, 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 the thief on the cross. Today you will be with me in paradise. So the, the, the baptism as a whole is a very beautiful thing. And it teaches us so much. And we're going to learn from the baptism of Jesus today. One is coming who will baptize with fire. This is the point of transition from old to new. And this is how it happened. 
in a number of ways baptism happened, water baptism. Sometimes they had a vessel that they would scoop into the river and then they would pour it over, over the head. The Roman Catholics do that a lot. They pour the water over the top of the head so that it trickles down the body. Often it's a case of somebody coming in and putting their hands across them, themselves and then they lean back. They fall, they are submerged, and then they stand water. John would have been standing in the Jordan, possibly waist height somewhere there, maybe with people helping him. Fall, submerge, stand. Fall, submerge, stand. Mark's writing is often about the servanthood of Jesus. And into this scene he comes. Repentance, a baptism of repentance, which means you turn your life around, you go in a different direction, and as you do that you confess your sins to God so that he might cleanse you and give you a new life. Fall, submerge, stand. And the message resonated with the people of Judea and Jerusalem. They flocked to John because they needed to repent. They queued at the Jordan for John's baptism and they were forgiven. No soldier's classes needed. Their desire said it all. And so Jesus walks into the scene at the River Jordan. Jesus, the sinless one. And he doesn't sit by the side and look at them and say, oh, you guys need to be baptized. Since I'm sin sinless, I don't. I'll just sit here and watch. He doesn't do that. He does something radical. He wants to be baptized by his cousin. Jesus, the sinless one, doesn't need to go a new way because he is the new way. Yet he requested baptism. He is baptized, therefore. Why? Not because he needs to repent, but because he needs to identify. He doesn't need to repent, but he wants to identify. Holy Spirit baptism, therefore, gives us our means of identity as Christians, individually and corporately. This is about Jesus confirming and setting his identity both within an earthly context and also within the much wider eternal kingdom picture. He's baptized, his identity was established in and by the Holy Spirit of God. It is indeed an anointing. The Spirit of God descends on Jesus like a dove. And you couldn't ask for a better symbol than that. You remember that Noah sent out a dove after the flood. It returned with freshly plucked olive leaf in its mouth. The waters had finally subsided from the earth. And there in the book of Genesis, the dove is given as a sign that the ordeal is over. And the time of hope and the time of promise has been. Begun. Fall. Submerge. Promise. Hope. Rising. 
And then we read that straight after his baptism, the Holy Spirit of God drove Jesus into the wilderness. Not great timing, if you ask me. This great high moment. And then God sent him to a place of trial, of suffering, of endless temptation, straight after that moment of baptism. The dove has been given, but now a time of disturbance arrives. You have the dove, now you have the disturbance. Almost before his clothes are dry from his baptism in the Jordan River, that same spirit who anointed him took him into the wilderness to face temptation. Very quickly he moved from the ecstasy of coming up out of the waters of the Jordan, of hearing God's voice saying, here is my beloved son with whom I am pleased. You are the designated one. Comes from that to a contest with temptation. I guess we've all had that, I suppose. We have a mountaintop experience and then something hits us between the eyes. Sometimes we never saw it coming. Or sometimes it's been on the way for a while. And after a high moment where we have felt the Lord with us, where we have felt our hearts blessed and joyful, we get hit by this bus. This story shows us some hope. It is no accident that this happens so quickly after a moment of triumph, because here, in trial and test, Jesus was able to get through it, to endure it, because he knew who he was. His identity had been confirmed in the Jordan. And with that identity, he identifies with us and says, you too, filled with the Holy Spirit, you too can have the same identity. We can be together before God. But it is in those valley moments, those moments of disturbance, that we can be tempted to forget that to forget who we are or who we can be, to forget where true power really lies. And if it was tempting for Jesus, the Son of God, then you can be sure it's tempting for the rest of us mortals. He wants simply to identify with the darkest, most difficult parts of the life that you're living right now. It does not mean that he participates in any sin, but he recognizes it. It means that the pain you feel, he will feel as well. This is kind of how it works. Back in the 1880s, there was a Catholic priest called Father Damien. There he is. And he felt called to Hawaii, as we all do at times in our lives. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. He felt called to Hawaii, and he went there. And when he got there, it became very clear why. Because the authorities there would cast people who were lepers onto a little peninsula, just a small peninsula, and they kind of did a Donald Trump and built a wall to keep them out. And, and Father Damien felt called to go to this leper colony and preach and to look after them and to talk to them about Jesus. And he did. He built up a society. He built up a community, a, communi- a therapeutic community where there was healing and where there was blessing, and where there was spiritual nourishment. So Father Damien gives his years to these lepers. He, he 
He offers them mass every day. He gives them worship services every week. He makes their food and they queue up and he feeds them. And one day while he's making food, the pot is boiling and it's boiling hot. And he watched it and it dropped and he tried to get his foot out of the way, but he couldn't. It hit his foot, this hot water. But he didn't feel it. So he got a little bit more boiling hot water and he poured it on his toe and he didn't feel it. That meant that he had contracted leprosy. When that had been confirmed, the very first service after that, he went to all these lepers who were gathered around, around him. And every Sunday he said, my fellow believers, my fellow believers, my fellow believers. This Sunday was different. He said, my fellow lepers, my fellow lepers identifying absolutely with their condition. He had, in a very real way, become one of them. Jesus doesn't merely come to us in the flesh while at the same time trying to escape our experiences of pain and not really identifying with who we are and our struggles. He doesn't hold himself apart from or even higher than us. He calls us fellows, or as St. John's Gospel says later, my friends. We are friends together. Father Damien knew who he was in Christ. He took risks, yet identified fully with his people. And we have to identify with our community culturally and with Holy Spirit compassion. And we have to do that, and we have to offer Jesus. But do we know how to do that? Do we know how to do that? When we know who we are in Christ, and when we are honest about our failings, when that Holy Spirit is filling us with fire, we don't fear people thinking less of us. Everybody's human and all are sinners regardless of the sin. And this means that we can identify with friends and neighbors and so play our part in renewing and blessing our communities right where we are. We have died to non-identification. Identifying with others through godly conversation, through active kindness and sincere prayer reveals God's divine love to its very depths. Second thing is that Holy Spirit baptism can really challenge us. It's a great subject for the new year. It's about the choice to make a new start. God has given us the gift of choice for his own purposes. And we can use that gift to stay comfortable or to step out. And New Year is often, in many resolutions, about challenging oneself to do something different or to be somebody usually better. You don't normally get New Year's resolutions where someone says, I'm going to be worse than I was last year. It doesn't happen like that, to my knowledge. Through the Holy Spirit's heart baptism of faith and repentance of sins, our challenge is to relate to the world through humble identification and incarnational living. And that is what the cross tells us to do. That is the challenge of the cross. Because the cross of Christ disturbed the world beyond measure. And that is the meaning of Holy Spirit baptism, effectively. Death. 
burial, resurrection. Death, burial, resurrection. And the Holy Spirit disturbs us to live on the forward edge of what God is doing right now in this world. We become partners with him in his ministry. And that is why we learn about being disciples. And being a disciple is all-dimensional, multi-dimensional. Must understand that. And it's quite relevant to what we're going to be saying this afternoon. About everybody, every member having a great gift to be able to give. And we're looking forward to hearing what everybody has to say. If you're comfortable in what you're doing in church, that's nice. But you also have to challenge your own spiritual status and work it through. Many years ago, and I'm talking 25, 30 years ago, we were stationed at a core up country. And there was a gentleman there who once said to me, I've been baptized into music. Well, that was very nice. He was a good musician. But to say I'm baptized into music is to give baptism a one-dimensional feel. Baptism is being baptized into, in, into a lifestyle. It's being baptized into a person. It's being baptized by the Holy Spirit of God to be obedient to God's will, whatever that is. And music is a great way of outworking that. And we know that here. We have many of you who are gifted in that. But you're also gifted in other ways. Many other ways. Many ideas, creativities, other gifts. And we look forward to hearing how that can be used for effective ministry too. Is it time to pray for new revelation of what we can all do in ministry? A new anointing, a new baptism, a new impetus, a new initiative, a new journey for God. Bang! Death, burial, resurrection, hope going forward in what God can do through us. When Jesus went under the Jordan, he submitted himself fully to the will of God. And this leads us on to the truth, finally, that the Holy Spirit baptism brings us to our priorities. Everything else that we do is peripheral to our relationship with the God of Calvary, where at the cross we see the Trinity. By the Father's love, the Son overcomes death in the power of the Spirit. And if ever you feel uncomfortable or challenged about things like this, that's good, because that's the Holy Spirit disturbing it shows his power it shows his presence it shows his respect to you to challenge you in a different way and perhaps in some way he does speak to us more than we know well this year 2019 may well be politically tumultuous I like that the BBC ident screen carries the word oneness you've all seen it I'm sure in its tagline, this year let us remember that we are the body of Christ brought together as a group of Holy Spirit baptized Christians. In whatever a post-Brexit country may look like, we will need to know our identity as a people, as a body, as a church, as a community more than ever. We really will. This is what I stand for now as, as, as the years go by. And so I conclude, my fellow sinners, my fellow core family members, 
my fellow spirit-filled followers of Jesus, I pray that we will more fully comprise an anointed core, an anointed church, which participates with God in his work of redemption and continual renewal. Do you want to be a part of that church? Yeah? Who wants to be a part of that church? Raise your hand. If you want to be part of an anointed church that is going to do that in our community and right where we are here and in our neighborhoods, we want to do that. Surely we do. We have been called to be incarnational. And this is creative and spirit-initiated. We've been called to identify with the world in all of its wonder and in all of its messiness. Because that is who God wants us to be here in central London. Everyone here, Holy Spirit baptized. That's the important thing. Everything else comes from that. Everything else comes from that. Holy Spirit baptized because of the work at the cross. We're all dead to the past. It's all buried. Now we rise again. And beneath the cross, we say yes to Jordan transition. We leave our past in the Jordan. Those regrets, those hurts, those things that I spoke about earlier that come along and whack us between the eyes. We leave our past in the Jordan and we embrace another new future. Death to the old way. To whatever you've been told in your life that's stayed with you, that's hurt you for years, put it under the, submerge it, put it under the seabed, under the riverbed, whatever that is. Someone's hurt you. Someone continues to hurt you. Put it away because there is a God who loves you. There is a God of justice who will see you through. And maybe this morning, just maybe, this mercy seat is our River Jordan. Just maybe. And you want to come and kneel in the river. You want to just come and pray. And you want to stand. Submerge those things that hurt, those spiritual things that are causing spiritual pain, personal hurt and personal pain. Maybe this river is for you today. Baptism is a sign of identity individually and together. When one of us hurts, we all hurt. Holy Spirit baptism can disturb and challenge. It reminds us of our priorities. What better way to start a new year than through Holy Spirit understanding and baptism. Let's know our key identities as followers of Jesus Christ. Who am I in Jesus? I want to be sure once again read his word, say my prayers, be open to his guidance and follow him as a great disciple, fellow disciples together. The spirit of the Lord is on me now. We're just going to sing this quietly. Maybe the group will sing it. You can sing with it if you want to, if you don't want to. I simply ask, just close your eyes and make your own prayer. 
on the words that the Lord has given us this morning. Let's pray. If you want to come to the river, please do.